Good internet, and welcome to session 120 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host, Alex Arona, and let me say, 120 is also the number of games on my beat list this year. I'm destroying all of you. All the time. All the indies. Played a game that was 20 minutes. Yeah. Beat that shit. Got credits. Let's go. With me, as always, is fan fiction guru and creator, uh, Joel DeWitt. Hey, Joel. What are you writing about this week? I am writing a Final Fantasy story about if Titus was a dream in Zidane mind, but it were a side mission. This sounds like I'm short-circuiting. <laughs> it was a little confusing. Um, and also, I said no Titus jokes this week. Or ever. That name cannot be spoken on this podcast. That's a travesty. Speaking of terrible choices, we welcome back acclaimed space wizard Eric Getty Gettinger. What's up, Getty? Alex, I came from the moon. I came from the moon. (laughs) That's always a classic. I remember hearing that for the first time. It really brings me back to hell. Oh, well. Uh, Also with us this week is Alec Parks. Save us with some good news, Alec. Well, you thought this was going to be the intro as written, but it was me, Dio! (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Getty wrote something about mana potions, and I literally just saw a card game that they give you... Uh, an alcohol that glows blue so that you have to like take shots of mana potion that sounds Weird. awesome Let's... just started the kickstarter i thought that was crazy we hmm. gotta play that on the uh children's stream you well, i gotta get some better co-hosts to play that with uh so this week we play rock paper scissors and early adopters get some ff in the news I hope that's Fast and the Furious 9, because I really want to see that movie. Uh, then Doki Doki, our time away in the backlog. But first, Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games most of us played. Joel? D- Joel? Yes. D- did yes. you play the games this week? Yes. Oh, snap. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hey. 
Uh, I actually uh, had to uh, do a quick double check because we played these at least two weeks in advance, and I played them, took notes on them, and then promptly forgot them. Not because of any kind of uh, quality sake. It has been hectic in this household, especially with work. Sable. We played Sable. Sable is a cel-shaded 3D platformer where uh, you are a young girl, part of a what seemed like a desert tribe, and uh, you kind of 3D Zelda your way through some light puzzle mechanics and float uh, uh, around the area and eventually get a motorcycle, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. That was good. That, that was a good motorcycle. It was. Had the right kind of dainty jad, uh, drag to it, and the whole strafing stuff felt really nice, too. Joel, yeah, tell me more about it. Tell me what you thought. Uh, so I, I probably did a disservice to my pl- time playing it because I tried playing it on my laptop. Uh, my okay. laptop is, is not a gaming laptop, and it it chugged quite a bit. Uh, so I I, pl- I tried that for about a half hour, <laughs> mm-hmm. real, realized it wasn't going to work, and then went one final, go back to my desktop where I'm at like 10 hours a day right now <laughs> anyway. And... Uh, it ran a lot better. It's it's beautiful. Like the cell shaded really works, and and the they've got nice usage of uh, shadows and things to make it feel a little more colorful, even in this kind of sand backdrop, which I, I like a lot. It it's kind of like the Gerudo Village in Breath of the Wild in the surrounding sand area. So I, I digged that quite a bit. Yeah, you get a little tribal feel because obviously they're they're a tribe of people uh, in the desert. I kind of like that some of the missions, they're just like, go over there. And they just kind of point and the camera kind of zooms out and you see like over there. And you're like, whoa, I guess I got to go over there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Getty, what did you what do you think of Sable? I got some Prince of Persia vibes from this game. Okay, but I felt that the platforming action was pretty good. The character had like this before you get the the glide ability you still mm-hmm. jump and it feels very light. It doesn't feel, floaty. yeah, as human as I would have liked, but at the same time, setting it up for that floating mechanic that you get, it mm. makes it uh, feel a little bit better. And uh, I agree 100% with the motorcycle. I could have just, like, <laughs> driven that thing the whole time. And uh, the way that I did the quests, when you first get to the village, I did the motorcycle one first, so I could just steal that and... And race around with it to all the other objectives. Because I guess you could do it the other way around and get the floaty jump first. Okay. okay. You Alex, did you get a chance to try Sable? Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. I unfortunately don't think this is going to be a, a buy for me. It is a fantastic aesthetic. The storyline is really great. I just, as soon as I got to that first quest where it was like, go to this spot and then somebody else was waiting there. Hey, I stole the thing and you have to do this crap to get it back from me. I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm done. You, you are right. They do sort of like have that. It's weird to have it's weird to have a quest line, and instead of it saying go straight to this action area, they have you hop three or four different NPCs to talk to, which then leads you to the actual objective, like that, fetch quests and stuff like that. Right. Well, I mean, it's not even like fetch; it's like a game, game of telephone. Right? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's nuts. I, I uh, I'm I'm not sure that'd be a deal breaker for me because I suffered through uh, 
Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which like uh, in that game, in that game, they would actively remind you what you picked up every time you picked up anything. So it, oh. I have more of a, I have a higher tolerance for that stuff, but uh, I can see how it would grate on you. So you're telling me I'm going to skip Skyward Sword when it gets re-released too? Uh, I've heard, I've heard that there might be improvements in that and then maybe they've tweaked that stuff uh you might just want to hear, keep an ear to the ground i i will have to do out. that uh, i will i just want to put it out there that these were played uh, during the steam demos uh festival sable is still available is, alex i played it? it today fantastic yeah so fantastic go play it it's really yeah, good oh it's yeah. really it's really pretty the demo was amazing and i it made me want to like it more than I did. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that like the the art style speaks for itself, and the music uh, the was styles. fantastic too. Yeah, it, yeah. It just uh, you know some of the mechanics don't always have to speak. You know. Yep. Uh, Isn't it great that we're kind of back into the age of demos? For, for <laughs> yeah. a long time, back in the day, all these bigger releases they'd release demos to try and entice people, and then it sort of went away. And now the indies are sort of following suit, and it's really cool to be sort of back in that. I can dabble and try and figure out what really speaks to me. Back in my day, <laughs> get that old demo disc. Wait, we're, I played. We're there. We're there. Literally, right you had to get the demo disc that was in the copy. I think that uh, my copy of Brave Fencer Musashi came with like a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy eight demo disc that's yeah. the oh, reason the dem- why did you had to play brave fencer musashi because you wanted to play that final fantasy 8 demo no because De- brave fencer dem- musashi was a good game so it was yeah. fantastic yes demo disc is what got me into uh jet moto 2 and then metal gear solid so like they worked back in the day metal gear i i played like probably roughly 100 hours of uh skate one uh the demo on a 360 that wasn't mine i remember <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, we, we would watch we'd you play there. it. Yep. <laughs> For hours and hours and hours. You just want us to buy you the game? No. <laughs> all right. This demo is enough. That's all I needed. Uh, and that's why I got Skate or uh, Skater XL. Uh, Sable. That was Sable. Uh, the next game we played, Terror Bane. Uh, Terror Bane. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of spelled like terror, but the words error is uh, promptly highlighted throughout the, the, all caps. the title. Mm-hmm. The reason being is that it is a game that is currently still in development, and I don't mean early uh, early access. The game is a fourth wall breaking game where bugs will be prevalent, and the developer, ha- who is very opinionated, I might say, uh, will enter into the game and comment on your play style and uh, the actions you choose. Uh, Alec, did you get a chance to play Terrorbane? Oh yeah, I um, I don't know, I think this was lost a little bit on me because there's a lot of references to i liked the combat in it that threw me for a loop but it had a lot of references to coding and doing that as my day job i was just like uh that's not at all what it's like it made it hard for my suspension of disbelief so you're you're too close to the subject matter yeah (laughs) Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the combat being uh, turn-based, uh, you know, old-style JRPG, uh, and uh, I thought I thought some of the jokes hit for me, like uh, when there is a very long and very descriptive intro, a la like Star Wars, where they just give you like a lot of text, 
mm-hmm. and you can skip, and the skip button is very highlighted. Uh, but if you skip it, the developer gets very upset with you and then asks you to go back. <laughs> yeah. says, no. Oh, no. he did. I put a lot of work mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, he yes. tells you. I put a lot of work into yeah. this. Uh, Don't uh, do it. <laughs> and then he quizzes you. He quizzes you. Because he's like, I don't believe that you were paying attention. You weren't reading that. Alex, Here, didn't you villain? also die to the rock monster? I died to the rock monster. <laughs> I, I died to the rock monster as well. Oh, man. I, I this not. game is steeped in... This game is steeped in humor, and that was another great example. So it's a, it's an old uh, RPG, Final Fantasy style thing, and it's your team against a rock, and then you attack them, and it, it does nothing to them, no damage. And so I did it like two times or three times, and it was finally like there has to be an item or something. There's paper in the item menu. Yep. So you use pa- you use paper, and it kills the rock. Can you guys just very funny. remind me, what was the optional party member that was like an inanimate object? It was a crate of fruit. That's what it was. I had him. I remember I that help. was like really funny. It was like, do you want to recruit the, the fruit? And like, why not? <laughs> because part of the, part of the, uh, the kind of the narrative of the game is that you are supposed to be finding the bugs and then trying to, and he will notate as you find them. So things like uh, accidentally being able to recruit a barrel of fruit or create a fruit, or um, you would talk to a character, but the, like the NPC would be in uh, floating on water. And then all of a sudden a note would scribble on a piece of paper that would say like NPC floating on water or something like that. So we, you were encouraged to interact with every single thing that was available in the world and doing so would prompt sometimes these comedic interactions or something like that. That lady, the NPC floating on water, she, she, her, her comment was, look at me, I'm floating on water. That's crazy. Or something like that. It was very, you <laughs> no know, wonder my shoes are wet at the bugs. Oh yeah. Or, or when you walked into the village and you're going up towards the village buildings and they start all splitting and splintering off and having like digitized issues with it. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm I'm looking at the pictures on Steam and I'm I'm seeing 2D platformer. I'm seeing other menu things. I I hope this is all humor all the way through. It it needs to maintain that character. And I hope it does. Yeah, there's a there's um I recently played um there is no game, which is very funny. Um, where you just get a sign that says there is no game, and the the narrator is constantly trying to convince you that there isn't a game, despite you doing different things to the sign that would then make it so you open up a game or all this stuff and it's just they can do uh, a lot like breaking the fourth wall and kind of inter- interjecting little bits of like modern day humor or even just playing off the genre itself mm-hmm. all of stanley's to, like, parable yeah it, the trick is to find the balance where um i with there is no game there's a whole hour and a half in the middle that i just hated so I feel like there you can use you don't want to overstay your welcome. You don't want to repeat the same jokes. You kind of gotta keep moving. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. make a game short, but you definitely have to like keep the pace moving along. If you get stuck too stuck too long, then you start to you start to get like the some of the repetition, some of the same jokes, some of the just the kind of like running out of jokes at a certain point. Sure. So I think Terrorbane has a lot of promise. At least at least the the, the amount I played, obviously losing to the rock, uh, made me laugh. In a lot of ways, so did and, you and find the ge- good? Did you find the secret entrance back to the scrolling intro text? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There was a there was a wall you could just walk right through, and you would be like, and it was in the dungeon. But if you go left through a wall, you would end up on the scrolling text. 
<laughs> wow. From the beginning. And did you find but, the Zelda reference? Yes, the guy who would say, uh, take, it's, uh, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And then it what pulls up Baba is you, where you become the sword. Oh, <laughs> Um, what I liked about the finding the scrolling text is that there's an image of an axe, but if you touch the axe, you die. <laughs> Things like that. And and uh, there are uh, what looks to be, when you're finding the bugs, I found maybe a third of the bugs. So I feel like there's like a lot more to discover just in the demo alone. So you mm-hmm. could just really kind of explore the space and find more jokes and more bits and bobs that are just, uh, you know, character to the game. Yeah, I found none of the bugs in the intro area. It was only once it started over. Here's the story from the beginning part where I started actually finding bugs. Oh, yeah. You have to, like, try to skip it. And then throughout the intro, after you skip it, he tries to quiz you. You have to pass the quizzes. There's a (laughs) lot of stuff like that. It was very funny. It was very funny. Uh, So that was Sable and Terrorbane. Uh, Terrorbane, both, uh, they show a lot of promise. I had a lot of fun. I think that we all had a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, let's code us some better weapons uh, in the break, and we will be coding more in the future. On the nose. We are back. gym and let me tell you those calves are my reason for waking up i've actually been complimented on my calves my calves are pretty solid i'm pretty happy about that 
I've uh, I've heard really good tabs referred to as fat people tabs, <laughs> fat boy tabs. The idea that like your carriage is holding so much weight when you're overweight like that, where you like your legs have to tone up. I I've got good tab. What? what? I like that wagon you dragon. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. You said you Too had far. A big so booty. <laughs> So much junk up in your trunk. I I I do not have Pixar mom ass. I'm sorry. First piece of news. <laughs> okay, hackers are releasing free games laced with uh, crypto mining malware. That's no good. That's no good. Uh, so you guys gotta watch out what free games you are downloading and from where. Uh, if I have any of that malware, I completely blame president Us. present company. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, the cyber attacks have been, you know, hitting Capcom and CD Projekt Red. Daddy, so. are you calling us a virus vector? Yes. <laughs> I mean, the good news is all that software is targeting Windows machines, so I'm okay. Well, again, also, this well, is not free games. This is, um, this is like, well, you know, how they got the code for uh, Cyberpunk. Oh, right, right. People are sending it out for like illegal download on on you know torrent sites. So people who try to download it are getting uh, crypto mining malware. But so still, with g- written for Windows, so yeah, with, with how with how much time I would have to spend figuring out how to use Linux, I could throw away three or four computers in the span of how long you will hold on to yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the time is more important than <laughs> than that. No. Okay, House Marquee Studios bought by Sony. Uh, also, they accidentally announced Bluepoint is joining them, which is uh, interesting on two fronts. House Marquee, it was uh, we were actually doing a beta for them for a while uh, of their game before they canceled it and did Returnal instead. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's Returnal, and then uh, Bluepoint is a major PC porting studio. So it just kind of goes to show that they're starting to try to take PC ports seriously after uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I want to say House Market always did also did stuff like uh, was it Super Stardust? Yes, it was one of those. Yeah, so they did a lot of the earlier PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four, little independent type games too. So they've they've got a pretty good range of work. That's what I was excited for. It was a battle. It was a free to play battle royale, and we were signed up for it, and we were about to get it all set up and do it. That was like I think. Uh, around episode three that we got an email and they're like, Oh, we're canceling it. And I was like, Oh, I was in <laughs> Yeah. What you gonna do? They had a lot of battle royales back then. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, there's an even closer look at the final fantasy, uh, one through six pixel art remasters. They do look uh, pretty nice, but everyone's complaining about that tiny text. Also, uh, only mm-hmm. one through three is getting released, uh, ahead of time. And so, uh, altogether, the price is astronomical. I don't know, seventy-five. That's not the no. It's like it's twenty all... bucks per game. Yeah, I think there's a bundle package. Uh, it might just yeah. be a pre-order thing, though. I'm not sure. But these do look nice. Uh, to to Alex's point, I'm, I'm going to be waiting for a sale <laughs> before I buy any of these. But I am I am eager to play Final Fantasy IV again. Actually, yeah, Final no, I, Fantasy IV looked the worst to me. Oh, it doesn't matter. I love that game. Uh, Mine is six. I love six. But no, it says here seventy-four eighty-two, which isn't again, more like now PS Five games are coming out at seventy dollars. That's fine. Video games are expensive to make. True. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's the the bundle. The I guess each individual one is like seventeen dollars. Is what the price is looking like, which is still ridiculous. Oh wow! I'm looking at a comparison on the Final Fantasy six. You know the intro scene where you're the three robots on the cliff. Magitek armor. Like, come Magitech on. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, the <laughs> whatever. The. The, the before and after is so stark because the original one, it just looks like you're looking at a total just mountain, but they highlighted the bottom to show actual like village and town area. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, looks, it looks pretty good. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, though I have seen their mobile ports and they are absolute trash. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. Yeah, one can hope, you know. Uh, next piece of news, Control getting a multiplayer spinoff and a big budget sequel. I am hyped because Control friggin' ruled. I really like that game. It's such a cool, like, sci-fi mystery. Yeah, I, they do a great job of world building through the story. The thing is that it sacrificed, like, actual narrative progression a little bit. But o- overall, that wasn't a problem for me. I, I just loved being in that world. Hopefully, big budget sequel means they are able to marry those two a little more evenly. Or at least get, like, the lag out. Yes, that would be nice, too. <laughs> that blur was rough. I completely missed control, so I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, you have a chance to did it for free, or at least you did. You could have been playing what? it. <laughs> what, is, is that it? EGS? Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, wait, he'd skip it on EGS. I would. Alec, do you want to tell us this next story? Yeah, so um, unfortunately... Just because you know know a little bit more about it. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it uh, came to light earlier this week, um, Monday night. uh, The creator of uh, BSNES, uh, one of the most influential SNES emulators, as well as a big uh, voice in the overall emulation community... Uh, near, uh, also known as Bu, uh, took his own life. He put in a lot of work also towards fan translations, was a dear member of many gaming communities, and it's just, it's, it's really heartbreaking that he's gone. Yeah, it seems that the stuff I've read about it sounds like he was part of a a harassment campaign from a website that uh, are famously known or infamously known on the internet to be people who sort of target their ire based on like social issues and uh, you know yeah on your best on your best days I I have to imagine it's hard to handle that kind of ire <laughs> uh, so being targeted for any difference is difficult but then to have an entire group target you uh i it's disheartening it's really sad and it's just it just kind of goes to show that like you don't know how the other person or other people are going to react those with the internet it's so easy to bully somebody and then not be able to see look at someone's face and see the reaction and in this case obviously you it's never okay to cyber bully and and uh, obviously, he was already having a tough time, so it did, yeah. no one deserves that kind of uh, that kind of attention. No one deserves that kind of uh, behavior set at them, and uh, it's tough for everybody, all involved. It's I mean, yeah, 
It's tough. It really is. That being said, if you are a target or you have any issues, if you have any of these thoughts, please reach out. We'll be including uh, links in the show notes to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Thank you very much. Continuing on with the news from there, the hardest and impossible transition. Uh, Blightbound, uh, a game we played on this podcast to be 1.0. And uh, the free games for this week, uh, Spectrum Retreat, Axis Football 2020, uh, an Alien Aware Arena, uh, Kick-Ass Commandos, an Indie Gala, Shadowrun Trilogy on GOG, but uh, Spectrum Retreat is on the Epic Game Store. So I think that after the news, we all need a little bit of a breather, get some air, and we will come back to, to, to lighten things up. It's going to get grim. It's going to get grim, guys. But we'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back, back with the Backlog Blog, where we play games, again, for the nightmares. G- Getty, <laughs> you want to talk about some judgment? I do. Uh, during the break, we were talking some Yakuza, so I called uh, an audible. And uh, okay. I, I'm i going to talk about judgment here for a little bit. So fans of the Yakuza series, and those who are not familiar with it, you generally play as a, a member of the Yakuza, and you go around and beat stuff up, beat em up style on the streets. Uh, and Judgment is in the same vein as regular Yakuza games. Uh, earlier this year, I ended up playing Like a Dragon, and I will tell you that game uh, to steal in Alex line bangs. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I thought it was on fire. Isn't that something too it's lit something along those it slaps that's the other one well, lit th- has to be at least like three generations of lindo behind by now yeah. and it? i thought I slaps, think slaps yeah. is behind i think slaps is exclusively it, 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 for music though isn't it no it oh it just it's accelerating it's <laughs> it's moved out of there um what was the what was the oh i heard i, I get I, i'm blanking right now but the uh cap you know what you know what cap cap means that's uh that's a lie all right i'm gonna need an explanation there later but please continue being our translator yeah yeah you say no cap i'm i'm gonna jump back into judgment so (laughs) in this game you play as a disgraced lawyer uh, who falls off of the uh, out of the the law practice after one of the guys that he freeze turns out to be a a killer and uh, 
he after he gets him off for murder goes out and he kills his girlfriend so your character feels disgraced shamed and now he's a private detective and you are going around helping the yakuza and solving mysteries as a, a private detective and it's it's kind of intense in the regard that the game expects you to remember and follow mm -hmm. up and do all of this extra stuff. So mm -hmm. you'll like go sit at the law office to talk with one of the attorneys and he'll be like, Oh, look at these pictures. And then you go through each of the pictures, you look for clues. And then like an hour, two hours later during the story, it'll be like, Oh, what was the thing with this picture that I need to remember in order to find the, the clue here? Like, uh, man <laughs> so a word of warning if you're gonna play this game you should have a, a pretty good memory and if you don't or take photos like i do uh, yeah do the alex thing if you know that you're not gonna play it for a while then you probably want to jot down some notes like bust out a notebook to help you remember but it's got the the familiar beat em up style from the rest of the series and mm -hmm. I have not played it, uh, any of those games up until now. I'm still trying to get a hang, the hang of it, because there's two fighting styles that it gives you, one for large groups of enemies and one for, like, one-on-one, -on -one. but the boss fights, <laughs> they're so over the top, so ridiculous. Um, I actually can't wait to get to some of the side stories, because I'm still trapped in Chapter 1, and it's, I feel like I've been playing for five hours already, it's not really a slog because the story beats are nice and bite-sized but at the same time if you don't like keep going with it you're like there's nothing else to do right now so i got i gotta do it i gotta do the time so i can find the guys with the diapers because i know they exist somewhere <laughs> they do exist <laughs> um i was just gonna say it's funny that those games Yakuza, you're 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 they, they people assume that you're a yakuza and like people just fight you in the middle of the street. They'll you'll just be walking up the street and all of a sudden like a gang of ruffians or a, uh, a gang of uh, people who are like trying to break people for money and robbers and stuff like that. They'll just fight you, just randomly fight you. I just don't understand why they're doing that to a, a lawyer slash detective. They're just like, oh you, I'm gonna fight you. Well, randomly. Uh, the first two fights that you get into. One of them, like, a guy bumps into you, and you're like, you don't apologize, so he, like, insists on fighting you. <laughs> and the second one is even funnier because you go to a store to pick up a gift to take to the law office, and uh, you buy the last set of donuts, and you're leaving the store, and this guy's like, that's my donut. I'm going to fight you and kill you. So, both legitimate reasons to fight someone. Okay, fair. Fair enough. But the random battles that happen, I got no idea why they're fighting him. Just they don't like the look of him, or I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I was playing Yakuza Zero earlier, and I threw a guy out a window. I was like on the seventh floor. He dead. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's not the fall that kills you; it's the sudden stop at the end. Hmm. Good point, Getty. Do they still have the heat system? Where you build up like a uh, like a, a meter? Not that I'm aware of. But okay. then again still in chapter one i don't know how it's going to progress i feel like there's definitely more systems that it hasn't led me into but i have a They're like a skill tree a, there's a skill tree i have access to the skill tree but i also have a drone there's lock picking um other random stuff oh the best part about having the drone and being a detective mm -hmm. 
is that in every opportunity that you get to take a picture, there's cats. Oh. And Ooh. the cats meow until you find them. So it's been driving me insane because I'm like, I'm going to find the cat. And they could be anywhere. Now, yeah, you got to find the cat. Does this have slub, sludge life vibes where you're, the cats are showing you their butts? No. They're all okay. just like hanging out, lazy, waving their tails back and forth, or sitting on something, like trying to paw it. Anything. They're, they're cats. Yeah, okay. cat stuff. Yeah, regular cat stuff. Do so you excited to continue? I'm going to make it through this one. It's probably going to take me quite a while because I've been trying mm-hmm. to do it a little bit at a time. And I have mm-hmm. Mass Effect that I'm still trying to burn it through because shout out to Steven Dvorak who already finished Mass Effect 3. Former producer Steve uh, went through all three of them. Uh, in the last like month. Fun fun fact, he uh, just confided in us earlier that he didn't know that you could upgrade the weapons in Mass Effect 3. So he played the whole thing wow. with a level 1 assault rifle. Man, <sighs> that's hardcore. Yes, it is. Well, see, now I feel like at least I'm not Sometimes the only people one. <laughs> miss mechanics. Sometimes mechanics can get missed. It's true. That's all I'm saying. But yeah. Not going to miss out on judgment. Now, uh, the main thing that we all played this week was, uh, uh, in an earlier episode, we had video game homework where we played Doki Doki Literature Club. This was the very first video game homework. And uh, recently it was announced Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which was a console version of a game that breaks the fourth wall and it's a lot of neat mechanics. And we were lucky enough to get, uh, ex- to get copies of it to get uh, codes for it, and just to kind of go into our old video game homework habit, let's discuss how this game plays on consoles. The The game is a visual novel where you are, by your best friend, coerced into being part of a literature club where you, tell, where you write poems and uh, hang out, and you could... You have three romantic uh, interests. Your best friend, uh, a girl who's a little bit more... I want to say gothic likes a lot of more horror and introspective stuff and uh, more and the third one who has a bubbly personality and the club is as hosted by uh, the president Monica who you don't really have a an opportunity to like really get to know but the, she's kind of presiding over the whole thing and uh, you go day by day writing poems and talking with these girls and making options on who to spend your time with uh, Joel how'd it feel coming back to this you know, it's it's funny coming back to this because a lot of time has passed. Uh, a lot of things have happened, and it sort of resets your expect. It resets your perspective on things. And uh, what I gathered more this time was just the sort of personal struggles all of them dealt with, and the undercurrent kind of themes for each one of them. Uh, and it's it's funny how well in when they're together they can sort of interlace and go back and forth and you can see the personality coming out the stuff that they have hidden underneath sort of bubbling to the surface in those flash in the pan comments where they might be bickering or something and uh yeah that stuff interested me more than the actual kind of crazy glitchiness stuff i think it's because we've already done it 
so because I expected those things to happen this time, it meant that I would focus a little more on the characters and the interactions more. But that, that's what struck out to me. See, I was... Uh, the, the Obvious, if you have not played Doki Doki Literature Club, I, I beg you to stop and go ahead and play it before we continue this conversation, just because we're going to go in depth here. That's a spoiler warning. And continuing. Uh, I... Going back to it, the horror elements are what kind of I started... I focused a little bit more on. I remember... It was actually more just like the fact that like I was anticipating them and seeing them again kind of it it just reminded me of like like it seeing a, a horror movie like watching Alien. I've seen Alien a dozen times, but every time I watch it, I'm just like waiting for the scare, waiting for yeah. it, and then I still kind of jump at it. When that stuff kind of happens, it, it it makes me laugh a little bit. It makes me feel kind of like oh, it's like an old familiar thing, you know. I don't like roller coasters, but I assume that's like kind of what roller coasters are kind of like. You anticipate the scare, and then you kind of relive. Uh, the the thrill of it to a certain extent. And that's kind of how I felt about it, watching uh, some of that stuff where Monica, who is an NPC that has come to life and is now controlling the world around her by messing with the code of the game, really is, is just it. I'm watching the, the bits and pieces of her manipulation. There are points in the game where she... There's a, there's a bottom... A lot of visual novels, the the conversation is in front of you in text on the bottom of the screen, and there was a time right in the beginning where she just jumps in front of the box. Yep. <laughs> like you, you can't read what's in front of it because she's there. Or there's a moment of intensity where like you're kind of in this romantic you know entanglement with somebody and things are getting very tense, and all of a sudden it cuts to just her jumping and like the whole screen kind of shakes. Those mm. kind of moments where you don't know what's going on, but something it's like you you can kind of see hints of like oh that's not is that the game is something wrong with the game no it's it's just a weird thing and that's where i I was like paying attention to those and seeing that a lot yeah it's it's still very very good at those things it i was reminded of a few of them in my playthrough like there's a point where later in the game when you're on a second or third playthrough there's a point where they want you to choose who to do the preparation for the bid uh event for the different uh, clubs and they would force your cursor to Monica. Yeah. <laughs> like just, you would try to pull it and you just couldn't click on anything else to go to Monica. Or there was a time where it was the uh, Yuri and, and uh, is it Nasuki? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where they were picturing back and forth about who you should spend time with. And one times if you try to click Natsuki's name, it would just, zoom in closer and closer and closer on her face and then it would force you to pick yuri if you i guess if that's if you went my route but yeah and i also thought like that like some of their like oh they're, they're like kind of hey that's not fair and they're kind of getting a little arguments and then someone just goes hey fuck you and it's like yeah wait <laughs> yeah. whoa what <laughs> <laughs> so it, but it's like snuck into like a sentence in the middle of a sentence where it's like that's not fair i don't think so blah blah blah, blah, blah. hey stop being such a fucking child you're like Whoa, 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 yeah, that's and, all, let's relax. And, and Monica has, like, the, the Matrix Architect, Matrix Architect uh, role at the end where she's, like, explaining everything to you. And she explains, like, oh, yeah, I, I turned up their personality traits and worst inst- instincts up to 10. <laughs> and I thought that would make them go away from you, but no, they just made, made it more obsessed over you. Maybe I maybe I turned them up a little too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Getty, what did you think? 
I can't believe I played this game again. <laughs> I don't feel good about it either. <laughs> this game is seriously heavy, and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, just the just Monica messing with you the entire time, not being able to do anything about it. It makes you feel kind of powerless. the The poetry, uh, some of the so one of the reasons why we got this game is to test out the new content <clears throat> that was added to it, and. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the new content is found in a, a special desktop console, whatever you want to call it, um, from closing the game. So when you close the game, a computer screen pops up with all of the like different things that you can select. Uh, an additional gallery, uh, some side stories, and that's I played it so that I could unlock as many of the side stories that I could, uh, but... You have to do it a couple of times, like completely, completely play through it in order to unlock mm -hmm. multiple side stories. But the character development that takes place and the new poems that come to light in those little side stories are a lot more in tune with what you find out from playing the actual game. So one of the first uh, encounters, I, the ones that I unlocked uh, were... Uh, your best friend and Monica and Monica setting up the Doki Doki Literature Club and uh, the first poem that is it Sayuri is that how you pronounce her name yeah, yeah. that sounds right the first poem that she brings into the club uh, is fantastic it's better than some of the ones that she she brings in subsequent trips during the base game as Mm -hmm. As well as you find out that she's got this whole portfolio of poems uh, that are clearly her suffering. And that's one of the things that, I mean, you find out from playing the game. She's she's not in a good headspace. She's not in a good place. And um, Monica's a terrible person. So, Oh, that's not fair. Th this is one of those things where you are the protagonist in the game and, and like the male friend of Natsuki or sorry, Sayori. And in the game, you are sort of committing like the worst mistakes you can while you're trying to be there for somebody struggling. Oh like yeah. Basically telling, basically telling like, I'm going to make you happy. I know what's best for you. <laughs> you know, do as I say. And, uh, Monica in the backstory part handled it perfectly. Basically being like, I'm going to give you a hug. I'm there for you. You know, whenever you need help, I'm here, but I'm not going to make the scene weird for you just because you told me this. And I, that was one thing that I really liked about in the, the backstory. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, yes. That's because in the actual story, the whole no. <laughs> right. Right. But like the backstory is that it is almost like a, a mirror reality of what yes. happens in the actual story because it is Monica being uh, anxious about trying to do it. The team, uh, Sayori kind of eater, but then trying to hide this depression. Uh, I got the Yuri one, which was like her trying to melt together with these people and struggling with feeling like nobody wants her around. Mm -hmm. And it, it humanized them a lot in a way that they aren't in the real game. And then it also shows why when you show up, they're a closely knit group of people who, who are engaged in this club because it shows like a passion for being part of this even if they have differences so it's, it's a really nice addition to an otherwise really really dark and heavy game the 
biggest thing that I actually... I did not play a whole lot of the game. I went through the first ending, if you will. And went through the first backstory. And it kind of leaves it up in the air if what happened to your friend was because of the way she was pre-game or if this was something that Monica did to her as being a sentient NPC. So I, I was kind of glad that they clarified that, that this was already something that Sayuki was dealing with. Yeah, that that, that is a nice addition. I, I think later in the game, Monica mentions that she started by tweeting with Sayori's sort of settings to make her a little more on the on edge side. Uh, but yeah, it, it was nice to get that character development pre-game because in, in, in the game it, you're just plopped in and then these characters are just like, Oh, this is my best friend. And I don't really think about her much other than to tease her. And, and then just following sort of like the thirstiness of the main character as he's jumping from girl to girl in the club. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That's the thing is that they, they do kind of say that the side stories are almost removed from the the actual main story just because the main story is such a meta narrative on what it means to be a uh, to be in games and be an NPC that uh, in it, for the sake of the argument for Monica that you you know anybody picks up the game and Monica just has to sit through what the plot is and she has no agency because she didn't write the game so. It's just like in any NPC, like every day I just go from point A to point B because that's all my programming is. You know, there's a Ryan Reynolds movie called New Guy coming out that's right. similar. <laughs> Looking forward but, to that. But at least the I, idea is there that, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, you just kind of want to get out of the routine and break from your your, your slave chains, is to, so to speak. That's what the like game is. The game, because you go into it thinking that it's a game and you're going to play it from A to B, and you anticipate, okay, it's throwing me into this situation. And then after that first playthrough, things get dark or towards the end of the first playthrough. And then you come to find out that the whole thing is trolling you. Like this podcast yeah. every week. <laughs> exactly. But it is, um, it is still an important thing to, to note that some of the, you know, those characters did have. Obviously with the backstory, you got a little bit more about their their mental health struggles and uh, obviously feeling like, uh, you know, the self-harm and uh, feeling inadequate and those kinds of things. And it does address those a little bit more in like the side stories or at least like, you know, obviously in the game, the character is turning up their personality traits to 11 and making those things come out a little more extreme. But nonetheless, that stuff is still an important focal point to, to uh, remain knowledgeable about like those kinds of things are, are hard and you know hard for your friends and hard to kind of know what to do in those situations but um, you can always ask for help you really can always ask for help and uh, again we're going to be including the national suicide uh, prevention hotline uh, in uh, the show notes this week just to kind of go over that a little bit more uh, but uh, the the game itself it does break the fourth wall going deeper where uh, while you're playing it, it does want you to go out into, in, the, in the base game. In the normal game before this new version, 
you would have to go out of and go onto your computer, find the files for the game where it was installed, and delete files. And to circumvent this for console release, uh, they have uh, created a custom OS. So it looks like you're on a computer or desktop in the game, which you can then get extra DLC content as well as delete the files like you're damn near supposed to. Goodbye, Monica. I was actually really uh, intrigued to see that because... I, this was the first time I had played through the game, but mm. knowing the style of games that I play and my personal attention span, I didn't think there was ever, ever, anyway, I was going to play Doki Doki Literature Club. So I let Alex tell me everything that happened in it and all the screwed up stuff. And so I was like, okay, what's going to happen when I play it in Linux? How's it going to deal with that? And this, I wonder if you because I mean if the base the the base game without the DLC is free. Yeah, you can check that out. I don't know if I have the patience to sit through it or the uh, <laughs> mental fortitude. Well, no, the no the game there are um, you can break the the cycle early. You can start deleting characters right away. Oh, yep. You can go yeah, in there are, right there away are, um, and delete. The, the game is the game is built <laughs> with sequence breaks, so it'll actually react to your sequence breaks. All right, maybe I'll take a look at that. Because, uh, yeah, I think that they, they they figured out how to make this game on console. And I think that they did a relatively good job. I don't... You, I know you guys said you, you liked the little extra context of those characters. I was... I'm here for the fourth wall breaking spooky spooky. And uh, sure. the, I was a little bit less uh, engaged on the personal lives of these characters and the formation of said club. So I didn't get as much out of it, but I... I appreciate what they did with it. And especially looking further into the mental health of some of those characters, I think that's probably important they do so. Uh, Joel, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this? I enjoy the experience. Let us never play this again. <laughs> I think I got I convinced Brock over at Damage Boost to do so. He Ooh. talked about that. <laughs> You're right. I told him to... Bad yeah. man, bad man. Oh, I, I pre-warned him, and he said he's down for spooky, weird, I, freaky stuff. I, I primed the pump with missed messages with him, <laughs> so yeah. he has been, yeah, yeah. He said he was, he was, I'm, I'm, he was, I'm more okay with the freaky, weird stuff, and less on the, on the, uh, the real life, dark drama stuff. I mean, this uh, absolutely Getty. hits real life dark drama. Yep. Yeah. Getty, what did you think? I think that when you get to the part where Yuri has actual human eyes that they just cut out of the character. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what I want to leave you with. I'm so glad I stopped before that. Good Lord. It. Oh, no, it gets real good. Uh, it's uh, There's a spot with Monica where she traps you in the world and you don't have any escape. And you can... You can, you can uh, end the game at any point there but um the longer you wait the more there's like little attention to details because at one point because this, this was a, a cult following game that had a lot of streamer bait a lot of people were streaming it and so if you wait long enough monica starts talking like she's streaming so she'll actually <laughs> she'll say hey i see that we have an audience i'm not used to being in front of people so hold on i think i, I think i got something for you and it kind of zooms in like she's going to give you a, a scare for the crowd, for the audience. Mm -hmm. And then it pans out. She goes, nah, I got nothing. Nah, I got nothing. 
and then it jumps out and then her face like is bleeding and cracked and like it's like in your face for a second and then she goes ah i got you on that time so it's like a psych out and then hits you it's very very funny and very effective and i thought that the the longer you wait there is there's some good info there that's pretty funny and then um the one thing i will say alec you do miss is that 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 song that is playing the entire game yeah um they at the end uh, monica's talking about how she's learning to play piano and at the end she's talking to you you hear her voice and she's like hey uh i know i'm gone but uh i wanted to play the piano for you and then that she plays that song the annoying song but she has lyrics and the lyrics are about how she loved you but she understands she doesn't know how to love you and that everything she did was wrong so she's just going to disappear forever. But it's like cool because it's the song that you've been hearing constantly throughout the game. But now there's lyrics to it and it kind of gives context to what the story was. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. It's so dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the monsters have come back and we're going to get out of here. But first, I have a little mini. We have a, we have a double team announcement. And this is for... Uh, Joel, Getty, and Alec, because we're hitting everybody, and we're hitting them hard. First, my announcement. I'm fired. I, Alex Arona, <laughs> am assigning video game homework. The next one. Uh, Joel, you're off the hook on this one, because you have it. But uh, Alec and Getty, I want you to go to Steam, and you're going to buy a game called Hacknet. Hack.net. It is a two-hour game where we're clickety-clacking, and we're hacking. We're clickety-clacking and we're hacking. That game sounds familiar. Game. Because we talked about it already. Oh. Yep. And I... No, I'm not buying anything. I already buy. I already had to buy the last one. It's $1.50, Getty. It's too much. You're buying hacking. <laughs> I'm not doing it. It's homework. Hack.net. Let's go. Well... That's, okay. That's the video game homework. If you're not buying it, then I'll assign video game homework as well. Y'all are going to play Sundered Eldritch Edition because in about two minutes, you're going to get gift codes in your email. This, Thank you. I don't, this game snuck up on me from the Steam Summer Sale, and it is a blast. It's a roguelite Metroid- Metroidvania and it has co-op. So not only do you have to play it, but we have to figure out how to play it all together. <laughs> See, now that is a stream. That's yes. just a stream. Yes. So we're going to do that. But uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give it like three weeks uh, on Hacknet. It's two hours. And uh, I think that you can knock it out in an evening. And I also know Joel's going on vacation for two weeks. Yeah. So your time frame yes. is... Your time, your time frame is three, is three weeks. You have a week. You have a week. Did you even All beat right. it? Did you beat it? No. Then you should beat it. Okay. I'll beat it. I'll beat it. You don't have to beat it, Joel. Now let's... Isn't that what Michael Jackson does? Do, 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 do. I, I, do, I hate do, that that's do, exactly do. what I thought of, too. We're going to get... We're going to... You know, <laughs> copyright strike. I could get hey, so that was enough. Things on the summer sale, and instead I have to... Burn two dollars on Hacknet. Hack.net. Let's go. Uh, let's move on to one last thing. One last thing. We give one last sentence, one last statement. Sending us into the weekend, you the listener, to the weekday. 
uh, on the break I was talking about, I was playing some Yakuza 0. I have played the first three hours of Yakuza 0 up to four times now. It's as good as ever. This time I'm committing. I'm committing to beating Yakuza 0. Joel? Mario Dolph is good. Neil Ronahan, if you happen to listen to this, you're wrong. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> wow. Damn it. <laughs> Calling people out now, huh? I'm, tell- I'm telling him you said that. <laughs> no, don't tell him. I want to see if he finds it naturally, if he actually <laughs> listens to this still. <laughs> I severely doubt that. <laughs> Getty, your one last thing? Um, I guess I will dedicate the next couple of days to finishing Mass Effect 2 and platinuming it to rub it in Alex's face. Damn it. <laughs> you get all the platinums. Just to piss you off. Nobody else. Maybe Dzak, but mostly you. Good call. Alec? Well, this week I get the pleasure or punishment of editing our podcast, so I apologize in advance or retrospect, depending upon how you're hearing this. I've set a pretty I've set a pretty low bar. I think you'll clear it just fine. <laughs> and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where we have Sundays. Uh, I am still going with uh, Frog Fractions 2 or 3, depending on who you ask. The I'm, I'm take, I took last week off. I'm taking this week off. Holiday family stuff. Uh, we got Metroidvania Mondays. Do, I don't know what you're doing, Joel. Uh, play, PlayStation Network ID problem Tuesdays. Okay. okay. Are you Nothing streaming on, on vacation? Absolutely not. Look at that. I don't exist on vacation. Go away. I'll look into maybe beating, trying to beat Frog Fractions 3. Um, <laughs> we had nothing on Wednesdays. Podcast Thursdays. Uh, we have Pokemon Fridays. Last week was a snafu, but this week will be right on par. Also, mini announcement. Kevin, after last week's episode, agreed to play Death Stranding. It's like he doesn't listen. He's a glutton for punishment. Now. Absolutely not. Joel, Joel won't even take that that up. I still have your copy. It, it is on my huge pile of I'll play it some days. But uh, the trading value has gone to nothing, so sorry. <laughs> I had I had very little plans of trading that in. Uh, and then, uh, so he'll be doing that eventually. And uh, Saturday. So uh, Saturday, Joel usually streams as well, but he will be out the next couple weeks. When are you leaving, Joel? Uh... Saturday. We go to Chicago Saturday. Oh, yeah, you're right. You want to hang out? Yeah, sure. Cool. For all involved, Joel's address is where he will be out of town. If you want to send him <laughs> gifts um, or presents. Wait, Joel, you're going to be yeah, in that's... town? There you go. Close, close enough. You, you guys, wherever you live, anywhere an hour of Chicago, Chicago. Okay. Yeah. True. Ooh, wait, do you want my PS3? You can put it in your suitcase. That's a, it's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yes. Okay, I'll stop my storage. If you'd like so. to reach us with questions or input, our email address is mail at superggradio.com and provide a review on iTunes or the cracked and bloody face of your choice. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Thanks for listening. GG, Joel. Good game. Did you get it? Good game. GG, Alec. Good game.
Go hug your friends, people.